The Democrats and Joe Biden are in big trouble. We might actually be witnessing the end of a presidency. And there doesn't look like there's any good news for the future for Democrats. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, it's Friday. Happy Friday. Um, I hate Fridays, and I'll tell you why I hate Fridays, especially when I'm doing a podcast, because always some surprises come out on a Friday. And I had some great articles that I'm going to have to wait till Monday to talk about, because you know not much is probably going to happen over the weekend. But I, I there's, <laughs> wow, there's some stuff that just, just went on. Um, also, I'm going to be doing a podcast tomorrow. I'm going to do a podcast on Saturday. Uh, I, I, one of the reasons I love old philosophy books, okay, especially when it comes to like Christian philosophy and stuff like that, is that you can always point to them and they, it's almost like they are, they are telling you the future. And this book, which is uh, C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, does exactly that. So I, there was one chapter I decided, you know something, we're gonna we're gonna do this this chapter and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this chapter because I think this chapter pretty much sums everything all up. It's a it's a fantastic chapter. Uh, so it'll be a little longer supposedly. Uh, the screw tape letters. Each chapter is very short. Uh, I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. So um, Joe Biden uh, was at a luncheon with a bunch of Jewish leaders today, and. He was unusually off his game. Now, that's not saying that he's never off his game. He's always off his game. But this was more than usual. Uh, He was mumbling, forgetting things, including his daughter, some of the things from his daughter's wedding. It was really bad. But this one clip actually went viral. And I think we're going to need to talk about some things after we listen to I have two clips here. I think we need to talk about some things after this. I remember spending time at, the, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, the Tree of Life Synagogue, speaking with them. It just, it just is amazing these things are happening, happening in America. Honestly, the only thing I find amazing that is happening in America is that this old fool actually became president. Well, there's kind of a problem here. Uh, According to the New York Post, Barb Fage, executive director of Tree of Life, said that Biden did not visit the synagogue in nearly three years since the anti-Semitic attack. In a phone interview, Fage, executive director since 2019, said firmly that no Biden didn't visit even before taking office when he had a lower public profile as a former vice president and then Democratic candidate. Oops. These gaffes are really becoming more common. Now, here's the question. And there, there are a few questions we can ask here. All right. Because I actually, I actually feel sorry for Joe Biden. I do. I, I think the guy is... Really, I mean, just listen to that clip. It gets better. I got another clip. It's worse. Just listen to this this guy. He is seems gone. And this was a morning. He did this this morning, and he couldn't keep it together. So here are the questions I have: Does Joe Biden think he really did go to the Tree of Life synagogue? 
very good chance maybe he saw Trump go and he decided to go. I think Trump actually went to that one. I know he went to the one in San Diego. Does he really think he was there? Well, listening to him talk there, you can't be sure he doesn't think he actually went there. The other question is, is he confusing it with another place that he's been to? Maybe he's just confused. Maybe he's thinking of the Tree of Life, but he's actually he's actually been to another place. So he does, either way, he believes he actually went to the Tree of Life. But the problem is, you listen to him, and you can't be sure if he thinks he's actually been there. And of course, the third question is, is he just flat out lying? The reality is, no matter what the answer is, it ain't good, and he's beginning to lose credibility. Now, here's the thing. I After listening to this clip, and I'll tell you what, I think he was, actually thinks he was there. I think it's very possible, and I don't say that to be cruel. I say I actually feel sorry for the guy. I had a, a my grandfather had senility issues and also had Alzheimer's. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't wish it on anyone. I don't think he's a good man. But you never wish something like that on somebody. But you got to question where his mind is because you can't be 100% sure that this is actually a lie. Listen to this where he's talking about his daughter marrying a Jewish surgeon and him at the wedding not able to remember anything. My daughter married a Jewish young man. And, uh, you know, dream of every, every, every Catholic father that she marry a Jewish doctor. But uh, all kidding aside, he did. He's a, he's a great surgeon. And they played, and I'm, my mind's going blank now. What's the song that is played where everybody is on the chair, everybody, uh, you know, what, what, I can't remember it. Anyway, and that's the song that was played. So, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Okay. Can you see where we've got some issues going on here? That this is, he doesn't know what's going on here. First off, he did make kind of a anti-Semitic statement by saying that's what every good Catholic father wants is to marry a Jewish doctor. Uh, that's kind of, that's kind of anti-Semitic. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think that, I don't think it's that bad, honestly. I give, I give Biden quite a bit of credit. I, I think sometimes we piss on him and we shouldn't be. But that is kind of anti-Semitic. It's definitely prejudice. And the question would be, and this is where I make the comparison, what if Trump did it, said that? I guarantee CNN would point this out. But that's not the point of that clip. The point of this clip is he, he can't seem to remember anything. He can't seem, he doesn't know what's going on. He seems really lost. He can't get through a sentence without losing his stuff. I mean, I can't see how the 25th Amendment here doesn't apply. We already know he's not running this administration. We know he's not running it. I mean, he's being told who to answer at press conferences. He goes in front of the press, what? How many times? Twice this week? Maybe three times? 
Most of the time, he just sits back, makes a statement, and then walks off. This guy is really lost. This guy is really gone. And we need to be kind of concerned. If not for the country, which I'm more concerned about, because I really don't care what happens to this guy. I think he's trash. I think he's been living off of the, the government teat for way too long. But the reality is, it's also not good for him. But there's just more bad news for old Joe. The job numbers came out today, and there's going to be some explaining to do by the uh, by the administration. Forecasters were predicting that there would be 720,000 jobs created this month. Now, in June and July, he was very successful. Almost 2 million jobs were created between June and July. Yeah, well, he was... Uh, short by uh, he was short by three he, uh, by uh, three times he was way off they were way off only 235 jobs were actually created last month now that, like I said that just broke their good streak and this is the whole thing he's he's don't forget he's had crappy months February March and April February, March, April, and May, they were crappy months. They, the, the, the unemployment went down. But the reality is people, they were expecting millions of jobs. And they kept adjusting the, the, uh, they kept adjusting the predictions. Yet, it doesn't seem to make any difference. He comes way below anyway. And then he had a good June and July. And then he's right back to where he started at crappy numbers. Having two good months out of eight months is not really a great deal. So unemployment dropped from uh, 5.4% to 5.2%. That might sound good, folks, but remember that the unemployment rate was at 3.6% before the pandemic. And Joe Biden actually had a month where uh, where the unemployment rate went up. So we can't necessarily say that, hey, everything's going great. And we have 10 million jobs, over 10 million jobs available right now. They People are dying to fill jobs and they can't because no one wants to work with it. Work. I guess when you pay people just to stay at home, you give them money for nothing. They won't work. Well, we'll have to see because hopefully the un- the enhanced unemployment benefits, and I know a lot of people that are on the enhanced unemployment benefits, I kid you not, they're making about $36,000 a year. That pays more than a $15 an hour job a year. That is supposed to end today. That is supposed to end today. Or this month, excuse me. And um, now they're saying no. Uh, now we'll, we'll have to see if they're going to do it. I mean, it's kind of like the rent thing that they tried to uh, that they tried to get rid of the rent moratorium. They wanted it to keep going, and a lot of people want this thing to keep going. California is still paying people. They just said in August. They just on August 29th, They just sent out uh, stimulus checks to anybody earning under twenty uh, seventy five thousand dollars. So I don't know why these guys just don't give up paying people. You want them to work or you don't want them to work? What's the story? 
Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. According to the Labor Department, quote, in August, employment and leisure and hospitality was unchanged after increasing by an average of 350000 per month over the prior six months. In August, a job gains gain in arts, entertainment, and recreation went up plus 36000 So basically, the movie industry went up. Expect that to go down. That's not going to stay like that. The, the the problem with the entertainment industry, it's a very iffy, it's a very iffy industry. People work for a short period of time, then they don't work, things like that. Um, was more offset by the loss of food services and drinking places, minus 42,000. What I think is actually happening in food services and drinking establishments, you know, bars, I believe what they're actually doing is people are, are taking the jobs and then quitting. Because they don't want to do that. They figure, I can earn more on unemployment. Because, let's face it, you're depending on tips and things like that. Employment and leisure and hospitality is down by 1.7 million or 10% since February 2020. So those hotels are still not going up. Hotels are still struggling. So this is, this is, this is a big deal. Uh, the media, of course, is blaming the Delta variant... Uh, of the China virus, but many more conservative observers say that with most people either having natural immunity or the vaccine, um, if not, the vaccine is available. It probably, blaming the Delta variant is probably not a thing. And the other issue that this has, you still have to blame the Biden administration for their messaging. Because the Biden administration is saying you need to get vaccinated, but you also need to wear a mask. And the media, well, yeah, you need to get vaccinated, you need to wear a mask, and the Delta variant is going to kill you. I mean, they're still saying all this stuff. I mean, it's hard for me to, to try and convince someone to get the vaccine when they really don't want to get the vaccine. When the government is saying, well, if you get the vaccine, you still have to wear the mask. I think Ben Shapiro, the editor of the Daily Wire, said it best. He made it very clear. Quote, the problem is not the Delta variant. The problem is the media, the Biden administration, and blue state politicians telling people to freak the hell out about the Delta variant. This has resulted in vaccinated freaking out. The va- it resulted in the vaccinated freaking out and the unvaccinated acting as they always do. Americans divide into two groups, the worried and the unworried. Nearly the entire worried are vaccinated. Unjustifiably. Most of the unworried are unvaccinated. That's absolutely true. If you have a question, talk to my dad. My dad is unvaccinated and he could care less. He's not worried at all. He goes out, plays golf. He goes to the mall. He, and a matter of fact, when he goes out and goes to the mall, he doesn't even kill himself to wear a mask. He just doesn't care. It is the worried vaccinated who are calling for lockdowns and mandates and tanking the economy. That's a big reason why 9 out of 10 best states for unemployment are red. That includes Florida, Texas, Arizona, South Dakota is what he's talking about. And about 17 of the top, uh, which are about 17 of the top 20. And it's why all nine blue states, including D.C., are in the worst position. That's all true. 
That's all true. I don't think the China virus has anything to do with people not working. It is simply because people are getting a lot of money for not doing anything. I don't think a lot of people, I think it is a vast minority who are actually worried about the virus anymore. California is, I mean, it's not helping that the media keeps saying the number of cases has gone everywhere and then they never talk about how many people are actually dying. Like California, uh, let me take a look. Let me take a look at what California has today because it's, it's, the, the constant thing, it's the constant thing with them. So we had 10,200 10, new cases in California, but we had 155 deaths. deaths. So you're talking about one in 9,000 people are dying. That's not a lot of people that are dying. So that's the kicker with the Delta variant. It's more, far more transmissible but it's not actually killing anyone, even kids who are unvaccinated. So it is the bad messaging. Um, and then we have to combine all of the problems that the government is not fixing. Overspending. Printing of money. Interruption of supply lines because they can't get enough workers. This all leads to a problem, uh, an imbalance between supply and demand. We don't have the supply, but the demand is high. And now we have inflation, which by the way, is up 72.2% from last year. And what ends up happening when you have more inflation? Well, you have more unemployment. GM cannot get enough microchips for their trucks. And so what are they doing? They are suspending production of their trucks for at least two weeks starting this month. This comes a week after they suspended the production of their SUVs. All those people who were working on the uh, production lines are now out of work. And guess what? Now they're going to get, um, now they're going to get unemployment. That was not from last month. That's from this month, which means you can already expect unemployment is going to go up and jobs probably are going to remain very, very soft. It's absolutely not good. But um, Joe Biden is, is facing another semi-scandal. And I say this semi-scandal because I just don't think it's that big of a deal. A lot of Republicans are making this into a bigger deal. I mean, they're screaming impeachment and all this stuff. Um, it looks bad. makes old Joe look dishonest, which he is. He's a politician. And makes him seem a little naive on what is what was actually going on in Afghanistan. But, I mean, outside of that, I'm having a real hard time buying the Republican deal. And I'll explain that. Because if you're listening to this, you probably believe that Biden should be impeached. And I'm saying no, not not for this. So on July 23rd, old Joe had a phone call with Ashraf Ghani, uh, who was then the president of Afghanistan, who took off to uh, Ubgumerstan or whatever in Russia or in the former province of the Soviet Union and, with $5 million, by the way. And had a 14-minute conversation. 
Old Joe was a little concerned about the battle with the Taliban, about how it wasn't going particularly well, and requested that Ghani go out and, quote, change the perception, end quote, of how the war was actually going. So, uh, the transcript of that conversation was leaked to Reuters, and according to Reuters, this is what they said, quote, Biden lauded the Afghan armed forces, which were trained and funded by the U.S. government. You clearly have the best military, he told Ghani, that's Biden. You have 300,000 well-armed forces versus 70 to 80,000, and they're clearly capable of fighting well. Days later, the Afghan military started to folding across provincial capitals in the country with little fighting against them. Now, a lot of that, by the way, this is me talking, a lot of that was because of Ghani's strategy. Ghani's strategy was not great. Basically, what he did was he started pulling forces back into Kabul, and they, the military actually stopped fighting. Another problem was that the U.S. Air, For- US Air Support had stopped. So there were problems. They were losing those areas. But it was bad strategy by the United States. Actually, it's not even strategy. It's tactics. Bad tactics by the United States. Bad tactics by the uh, tal- by the uh, Afghan army. Uh, continue. In much of the call, Biden focused on what he called the Afghan government's perception problem. Quote, I need not to tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban, Biden said. And there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Biden told Ghani that Afghanistan's prominent political figures were to give a press conference together, backing a new military strategy that, quote, Will, incur, will change perception, and that will change an awful lot, I think. End quote. The American leader, leader's words indicated that he didn't anticipate a massive insurrection or collapse to come 23 days later. Quote, We are going to continue to fight hard, diplomatically, politically, economically, to make sure the government not only survives, but is sustained and grows, said Biden. Now, people, especially on the right, are calling for blood. They see blood in the water. They want impeachment. They're, they are actually trying to put things in the, 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 the House is actually trying, the House Republicans are actually trying to initiate impeachment. And this is getting some momentum because there are a couple of House Democrats that also think, yeah, this guy, no, he should be impeached. Um, they rightly compared this to the leaked transcript of Trump and the Ukrainian president Zelensky. But here's what I think. That's whataboutism. And I don't like it. I don't think anything should be done. And this includes impeachment. I think there are only two ways. Well, three ways technically, but two ways that you're going to get rid of this president. And I think impeachment is bad. And here's what I'm thinking here, folks. Because I know people are, if my dad's listening to this, he's going to piss all over me the next time we talk. First off, yes, it looks bad. It looks really bad. He's telling another president to lie about the situation. And old Joe doesn't sound like he really understood the gravity of the situation in Afghanistan. That's bad. He looks old. He looks dishonest. He looks naive. But no, it's not a high crime or misdemeanor. It's not a high crime. 
to sit back and lie. It's not a high crime to misjudge. Therefore, it's not impeachable. Now, at least with Trump, the Democrats tried to do something. They actually tried to charge him with what could be a crime, but really isn't, called a quid pro quo. The problem the Democrats had is, for first off, quid pro quo is not exactly... It's not... No one's really sure that that's actually a crime. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't... uh, People... So this thing was just really a waste of time. The phone call with Zelensky, with Trump, was not great, but again, I never really saw it as a crime. I, I was like, okay, yeah, he probably shouldn't have said that. He probably shouldn't have said this. But Trump is Trump, and that phone call was Trump being Trump. And nothing in there was really, it just was a red flag for me that said he was a crime. I'm sorry, I never thought it was a crime. Just like I didn't think Trump should be impeached because I didn't think what he did was a crime, I didn't don't think Biden should be impeached here because I don't think what he did was a crime. And I'm sorry, just because Democrats did something unethical, and costly, and wasteful, doesn't mean I think the Republicans should do the same thing. Now, if they come up with a reason, like, we want to impeach him so we could slow down all this $5.5 trillion deal, yeah, I get that. But still, this is a political thing. And this is not, I'm sorry, there's no high crime and misdemeanor here. As a matter of fact, all this is going to look like is political revenge. That's all it's going to look like get back. I think it's, any impeachment here is just a, is just a waste of time. Finally, politicians and this is this is true reality on everything. Politicians lie all the time. That's why that's probably why it's not a crime. So why are we making a big thing out of this? Now listen, it's not a good phone call. It's a really bad optic. But Trump lies too. Trump, his phone call was a bad optic. Optic. But it wasn't a crime either. If Joe Biden is going to be removed from office, there are only going to be two ways. The 25th Amendment or he resigns. There is a third way that he dies in office, but I, I don't wish that on anybody. Okay? I don't think either is going to happen. I really don't think either is going to happen. Only Biden's cabinet can recommend the 25th Amendment. Okay? I know you have a bunch of people in Congress and in the Senate who say, we should implement the... They can't implement the 25th Amendment. Only Biden's cabinet can implement the 25th Amendment. Read the Constitution, you morons. Okay? But they won't implement the 25th Amendment, Biden's cabinet. Even though Biden, the Democrats, especially his cabinet, have got to see him as a problem. But they won't, because Kamala Harris would be president, and the people absolutely hate her. She has an approval rating of 35%. Biden's isn't much better, by the way, and we're going to see that, okay? But that's really low. He won't resign. The other other way he can get out of his resignation, he won't resign because he's an arrogant fool. That's why. He's an absolute arrogant fool. 
And the media's on his side. They're doing everything they can to protect him. He, honestly, I believe, thinks he did the right thing in Afghanistan. And the media is now making excuses for him. They don't see what happened in, in Afghanistan as failure. And what Biden is hoping is that in a couple weeks, everyone will forget about this. And you know something? I'm not so sure he's, that's the wrong strategy. Because you know something? We forgot, we forget, we get lazy and we forget a lot of things that have happened. We forgot about Hong Kong. We forgot about Cuba. We forgot about the Uyghurs in China. So, I don't think this is going to be a real thing. I think we're going to, we're actually going to be, um, uh, I think we're going to be stuck with him. And I think, uh, hey, I didn't vote for him, but hey, whatever. I know I said that I thought he'd be out a couple podcasts ago. He'd be out in 90 days. Now I'm not so sure looking at the poll numbers for Kamala. I, <laughs> they're, 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 they're terrible. So I'm not sure where this is going to end up going. Uh, I, I, I truly believe, I think there's more of a chance Biden resigns because he can't handle the office. By the way, where's Dr. Jill? Dr. Jill, his wife? Why isn't she concerned about old Joe? I mean, today's, today's speech should have been enough to say, oh God, Joe, oh God. It just doesn't seem like anyone cares about this poor bastard. But here's the problem. Um, <laughs> the polls, and this is something the Biden administration and the Democrats cannot ignore because we are literally a month and a half from the, uh, uh, uh from campaign season for 2022. As a matter of fact, they're already doing polls for certain candidates for 2022. The love affair apparently is over. And now the media, even left-wing media, is calling this a polarized administration. New polls are out. According to NPR, old Joe's approval rating has dropped down to 43%, down six points. That is a, like, jumping off a cliff. That is a huge drop in only a month. According to the same poll, only 36 of respondents approve of the job he's doing. He lost 5% among Democrats. He lost 11% among independents. Ouch! That hurts because independents are what he depended on to win the 2020 election. He only lost 1% with Republicans, but that's not a shock because only 6% last month approved of what he was doing. So that's I guess you could say it's, you know, that's still kind of high. It's 18, 17%. 61% of all adults saw Afghanistan as a failure. As a failure. 71% of those were independent. 71% of independents saw Afghanistan as a failure. See, this is what we need to do is concentrate on the independents because they matter. 40% of voters think he's doing a good job with the economy. I'm a little surprised by that one because I'd like to ask them, um, I'd like to ask those people, uh, what are you guys looking at? You guys obviously aren't driving, living in case. They're growing their food in the backyards. They, ha they are living, well, they have to live in case because you, you can't buy a house now. They're way too expensive. 
I, I don't know how 40% of the people actually think he's doing good. And it's not just the NPR poll. That was from NPR. I don't know if I mentioned that. But USA Today also released a poll, and they said his approval rating is down to 41%. 55% disapprove of how Biden handled the Afghanistan debacle. And by the way, you have to read that because uh, a bunch of people also said, well, they kind of approve. of they, they don't really approve of how he handled the Afghanistan debacle. So you actually had that. It's actually close to 80%. This is a big deal. First off, he won the 2020 election off the bats backs of the independent voters. Now he's losing them and he's losing them big. In 2022 election starts, a season starts in about a month and a half. This is not going to help Democrats that uh, Biden's popularity is so low. They, a lot of folks who would love to ride on Joe Biden's coattails probably won't now. An example would be the recall election in California. Newsom, there's rumors that Newsom doesn't want Biden in the country, in his state. And Biden had no plans to actually go to a state. And it's not looking like Repub- it's now looking like Republicans have a chance to take both the House and the Senate. If Democrats lose the House and or the Senate, Biden will be a lame duck president. He won't be able to do anything. So you can imagine they're in a big hurry to pass this $3.5 trillion budget and $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. By the way, that together, I know it's 4.7. It's actually going to end up being about $5.5 trillion, the CBO says. So they're really pushing it. The problem is, because Biden has no popularity, now you've got senators, moderate senators, that are saying, I'm not voting for this, that's insane. So you've got senators like Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who just writes an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal stating that spending that much money is irresponsible. And it's irresponsible because what if we have another emergency like the pandemic, or we have another hurricane, or we have other things like that? What is there to say that we're going to have the money to actually fix that stuff? And who's going to end up paying with, for this crap eventually? And he also has to worry about Senator Kirsten Cinema, the Democrat from Arizona. She's not thrilled with all this money either. And both those people said, as far as because you're hearing this, get rid of the, um, get rid of the uh, what's it called, the uh, uh, filibuster. Both have said, not a chance in hell I'm getting rid of the filibuster. It's looking like right now, after only eight months, the president has lost all his independent voters and the president has lost support for Dem- from Democrats because the Democrats see themselves on a Titanic. Okay. So uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I, I knew I wasn't going to get through those last stories. I'm already over. Uh, visit, uh, you can take a look at all the links. Uh, all Well, there isn't a lot of video, but there's some video. Uh, and um, uh, I ho- I'll talk to you tomorrow. Don't forget, we're going to have another podcast tomorrow. You folks, Most of you folks can actually listen. If you're like me in podcasts, you don't actually listen to podcasts on the weekdays. You're busy. 
But uh, if you'd like to, listen to my podcast on Monday talking about the screw tape letters, letter 15. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>